Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. And I am Carl Stout. Yep, Carl's back. Yay. And there was much rejoicing. To many people's rejoice and some people, one person's disgust, but... What? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, no, I, it, it's Rebecca, not me, I swear. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, no, uh, being no, a... At least I know why they call Danny a, a half-breed, okay? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's been a... We didn't put an episode out last week because the show came out and we didn't have time to record before the show came out. You know, we're not going to record while the show's out because we want to watch it, That's guys. Right. Like, yeah, so... The show came out, yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll give spoiler-free thoughts since people probably want to know what we think anyway. Um, I liked it. I also was shocked how much I enjoyed it because um, mm-hmm. I was going in expecting to completely hate it, and that did not happen. I honestly don't know what those critics watched, uh, especially because they only had the first six, and... I did not, I, I mean, it was called story building. It's, you know, it's something reality TV doesn't do anymore. So yeah, I don't know if they're not used to that fact of actually building a plot and story and character development. So you know, these people before you realize what evil they can commit. But I had pretty much no issue. They, they still managed to do the same stuff. They just didn't do it the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's really about all I'm going to go into it on this show, because this is not the show about the shows. And I also found it hysterical that um, Ward Meacham sounded exactly 100% like Fox Mulder to, <laughs> the, to the point where I kept expecting to call him to call his sister Scully. I think my wife was even in the other room once going, I, I thought you were watching Iron Fist. Why are you watching X-Files? Wow. I didn't even notice, actually. Um, oh, dude, it's like dead on. I guess next time I watch it, I'll have to... Um, yeah. But we, we've I've come back from the dead <laughs> <laughs> to review Iron Fist number one. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go a bit more into the show too. Sorry, someone's just messing me, so I'm just going to tell them I'll be away for a bit. Hang on. People, they suck. Connor's so popular, it's all the Iron Fist chicks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, yeah. uh. (laughs) Um, okay, so, yeah. I agree with you, Carl. I mean, I didn't even think, yeah, there was a lot of story building in the first six episodes, but I still thought a lot happened in the first six episodes. I don't get, uh, I feel like, I guess, A, the critics or people that haven't read Iron Fist are fully expecting something a lot different to what the first six episodes were. 
I thought the first six episodes were fine. I thought they were faithful to the spirit of the comic. And, yeah, and then I guess the other complaints, people who read... Because a lot of people who want to read up on Iron Fist probably read Immortal Iron Fist. And if they're expecting that in the first six episodes, they're not going to get that either. They're going to get... They're going to get uh, mystery, intrigue with the Meachams, stuff like that, which is which is prevalent in the original series. They just uh, put a lot more emphasis on that. And I, I really enjoyed it because I love that stuff anyway. I love David Wenham was the standout of the show for me. Um, no surprises there. He was really good. Well, he was one of the standouts, I should say. Uh, David Wenham is Harold Meacham, that is. And Ward, he really surprised me as well. He was great in the show. Oh, yeah. He, uh... I think... His um, regression, I will call it, was excellent. Yeah, I've, I've, besides, um, like, besides Colleen, I think like people pretty unanimously like Ward in the show, mm-hmm. and uh, I am one hundred percent on board with Finn Jones, Danny Rand. I think he, yeah, he nails the character, especially the show's version of the character, which is a bit different to the comics, but mm-hmm. not as much as you'd think. It's It ends up being pretty similar. Now, but, uh, yeah, I think he nails the character. I want the listeners to understand that we don't, we both do not think this is 100%, you know, roses. We both have yeah. our issues, but, again, we, we're not going to get into it right now, right here. Yeah, because the issues involve spoilers. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I thought the fights were fine. I mean, they could have been better, but they're nowhere near as bad as everyone's saying. There's like one fight, I think, in the third episode, which isn't very good, but all the others I've really enjoyed. So, yeah, if you were on the fence about seeing the show because of all the critics and the controversy and stuff, I'd just say go ahead and watch it because I thought it was really great. It has problems, but all the other Marvel shows have problems as well, so, you know, it sort of evens out in terms of comparison to the others. Like, I, I enjoyed Iron Fist, I would say, as much, maybe more than Daredevil Season 2, but not as much as Daredevil Season 1. See, that's so funny, because you're the diehard Daredevil fan, and all, yeah. the, all the people I know who aren't Daredevil fans but did watch are in opposite order. They all thought number one was pretty much boring. And number two was just incredible. And they're all like, oh, Punisher, 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 Punisher. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess my problem with two is that it just, uh, about yeah. after halfway, it like split into the Punisher show and the Daredevil show, but they never actually met up mm-hmm. at the end, really. So it sort of felt weird. Well, other than the yeah, rooftop. But, well, well, that, I meant like uh, that after that, it just sort of, like they just have their own two plots, and then oh, the, oh, I know what you mean. Yep, yep, yep. We, yeah, we that, for that five one minutes and then we part ways again. <laughs> I think I think you mean five seconds. Yeah. Well, there was <laughs> yeah, there was no big Marvel team up. <laughs> I feel like Daredevil season two definitely like the highlights of that. I think are the highlights of all the shows. Like that stairway fight. Holy crap. It is so good, and my the favorite, first, I my mean, favorite moment of season two of Daredevil is when Kingpin's in it. To be completely honest with you, yeah, because I'm sorry, but he stole the show in season one for me. He chewed up the scenery in every scene that guy's in. He is incredible. When they picked him, they hit gold. I think. I think the high points of season two of Daredevil are higher points than any of the shows. But overall, I just don't 
I think it's it's probably my third favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because the hard points of that show are amazing. Like those first four episodes with uh, Frank and Daredevil, it's just that could be like a movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, enough about Daredevil. <laughs> so Let's talk yeah. about Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then Ghost Rider. No, uh, watch the watch the Iron Fist show. We will be doing a full spoiler review episode on that next week, where and we will also be send us questions. Or, yes, or your thoughts, or your, what you hated, or what you loved, or the one scene you've watched fourteen times in a row. Let us know. Yeah, we'll be reading out and responding to all that stuff. And we It'll all know be... that scene starts with nineteen forty eight on the screen. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing that episode. It should be good. But I've also been looking forward to doing this episode too because we are covering the first issue of the new Iron Fist series and then we'll be covering Power Man and Iron Fist 14. But let's start off with Iron Fist number one, which came out this week. Yay. Yay. Uh, so there's a few covers for this one. Yeah. I think, honestly, my favorite cover, or my second favorite, is, like, the original cover, the non-variant one. The one with the two glowing fists in the jump tracksuit, but it's the tracksuit with the collar. Yeah. And he's he's punching towards, like, what looks like a bunch of swords, but it's just, I think it's a really awesome cover. It's really well drawn. My issue with this cover... Yeah? ...is the ass-looking logo in the middle of the word Iron Fist. I hate it's that very, logo. I hate that logo with a passion. It's um, very early 2000s. Well, I also, isn't that version of the logo almost identical to, I believe, a skateboard company slash snowboard company's logo? No idea. I think it is, which is one of the reasons why I hate it. I, I I like it. I don't know why. It just it just reminds me of early two thousands Iron Fist, but each to their own, I guess. I don't know. It just it just makes it stand out for me. What I thought what I thought was interesting was the first page of the comic featuring the is logo, the variant the logo again is one of the variant covers. I thought that was odd. I've never seen that before. That's the variant I bought as well, actually. It's the only one in Australia that I could find besides the ridiculously expensive $100 Alex Ross variants. That makes no sense to me. How could you not find the hip-hop variant when that was like 1 to 5, but you could get the 1 to 25 variant? I couldn't find it. I found the hip-hop variant for the first Powerman and Iron Fist. I bought that. Mm Mm-hmm. But could not find it. Uh, the the this one twenty five one and the original cover. That's all I could find. And the Alex Ross ones. But I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars for an Alex Ross Iron Fist drawing. <laughs> you know, like I think Alex Ross is good. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's that good. <laughs> not one hundred dollar comic book cover good. So there's there's two Alex Ross covers, a colorized and a black and white. Black and white. There's two yep. venomized Scott Campbell, um, or whoever where he's got, like, venom fists for hands. There's the color version and the negative version, which is, like, looks like a negative to a photograph. There's, I don't know who did the other one, the fully painted one where he's, like, on his tiptoes but sitting. 
crouched down with his head down, and he's all bloody. Oh, it's, it's that a, one. It's yeah, a gorgeous right. cover. There's two versions of that. There's three versions of the recreation of the first ish, first appearance issue with Deadpool yes. in the back of two of them. So we're already at six, seven covers, plus the normal cover is eight cover, plus the what I like to call it the Battle Axe logo chest cover here, the 125. Now we're at nine. Then we have the hip hop. Now we're at 10. Then we have, um, we think what I discovered yesterday, there is a fan expo variant. So we're like up to 11 covers again for number one. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. But I did, I did, I do like, uh, a few of these variants. Uh, didn't Carrie Andrews do the hip hop variant? Yes. Yep, and I really like the Marvel Premiere 15 variant. Uh, it's got him in, it's the cover to Marvel Premiere 15, which is his first appearance, right. if you Philistines don't know. And he's fighting off hand ninjas instead of, uh, karate people. And he's wearing the jumpsuit with the collar as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like a new modern version. Hand ninjas might be a reference to the show. Uh,. I did it again. I said, uh. It's alright. You're known for it. Okay. I'm gonna get you a shirt that yep. has it written across the front chest. Oh, amazing. <sighs> I don't like how they put Deadpool in the background. I'm sick of Deadpool being, uh, oh, it's funny. Let's put him in the background. Un- Shut up. Unfortunately, Deadpool has now surpassed Spider-Man in popularity in the Marvel Universe, so we're not gonna see less of him anytime soon. You know, I remember when being a Deadpool fan was suffering. Mm-hmm. It was called the Daniel Way era. My God. Oh, I cannot believe I read that entire run. Cannot believe it. He is the worst thing that ever happens to the character. Luckily, uh, the Posen and Dugan, I probably didn't pronounce that right, run was uh, really awesome. So oh, I had the first couple appearances. Well, I have... Oh, God. I have every single Deadpool appearance down in my collection, starting from... His first appearance in New Mutants, all the way up to the whole Agent X thing. Yeah. When it, when you, I can't. Wow, even, that's I can't lot. even explain that storyline. <laughs> it was a bit confusing, but yeah, I really liked the Agent of Weapon X storyline. I thought that was fantastic. But then after that, they they restarted Deadpool for the umpteenth time because I I don't understand why a character that was so popular, the books kept get stopping. Made no sense to me. Like, why is this just a continuous book? He didn't. He didn't pick up that much until Daniel Way's run, really. Well, was the Daniel Way's run the one where uh, he teams up? It's with complete Iron, garbage. Iron Fist, Power Man, and Iron Fist for like one and a half issues. No, that's Cable and Deadpool. Oh, okay. Then I have that entire run also. Cable and Deadpool's good. Yeah. So, hmm. I'm going to stop here because I could go on for a long time. (laughs) So I'm just going to... It's going to be a four-hour show. Stop the gravy train here. So what variants did you purchase, Carl? Um, And did you purchase the original as well? I got the normal cover. Yep. I got the 1 in 25 hatchet 
chest logo. It's not a dragon, it's a battle axe. Um, and I got the hip hop coming. Good choices. And I am trying to secure a few different ones. I, I have to be honest, I've been outbid on many of the uh, recreation covers from uh, number 15 there with Deadpool in the back eating takeout food. I've lost a few auctions. Because, of I'll, course, I'll... none of my local stores ordered, you know, 250 issues to get one of those for free. Yeah. And they're actually not free, I don't I believe. I believe they still have to pay like the cover or not the cover. Comic book stores for the most part. If you have a large comic book store, at least this is how it works in the United States. Yeah. The bigger your now, order, the bigger your discount. And most a good sized comic book store pretty much pays half of what a comic book sells for retail. Not that that's still a lot of money, because you gotta remember they've got rent, they've got electrical, they've got insurance, they've got employees to pay, so they need that money, so don't think you're... Always support your local shop, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Always, because once, once they dry up, you're never going to find a variant, you're never going to find the comic you're looking for, you're pretty much going to have to wait until a show even hits your area, and I'm sorry, shows are getting less frequent, and... Well, in, in, in my area, local comic book shows, the bigger ones are just becoming costume shows. And there's more people selling costume parts and hats and T-shirts and stuff than there is comic book vendors anymore. I remember going to these bigger shows and 70% of the peop of the vendors there would all be selling comic books. Now you go to these bigger shows, you're lucky if 10% of the vendors are actually there with books. It's pretty depressing. It's all uh, going mixed, downhill. Mixed media now, where they, mm. there's, there's people making vampire fangs. Yeah. Anyway, I just bought the battle axe variant and the original cover. Do you at least agree with me on the battle axe? Well, I do now that you pointed it out. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of annoyed you pointed it out because I really like the cover, but now I just see a battle axe there. <laughs> Um, that's uh, for, that, that, the, for that, the detail work in that art, which is fantastic. He really half-assed it there, didn't he? Yeah, it's a bit odd, especially the way it is. Just sort of looks like it's plastered on his chest. It doesn't mm -hmm. look like it goes with his chest. But uh, the, that variant's by uh, Mike Perkins, who you know does who draws the interior art for the comic. So yeah, let's get started. So the first title page is that variant, but it's flipped. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Iron Fist. Daniel Rand was orphaned in the mystical city of Kunlun, or Kunlun, as they're saying in the show, as a child. There he grew up to conquer a series of trials to become the Iron Fist, Kunlun's chief field defender of the innocent. Recently, while away from Kunlun, good one, Danny, living his other life as Danny Rand, Kunlun was attacked and destroyed, severing his connection to Kunlun's chi and powers. Now, if you want to get up to speed on all that, go read Carrie Andrews' The Living Weapon, which we have talked about a bit on oh, the show yes. already. That's, uh, yeah, so that, that's a book, all right. <laughs> but right now, all you need to know is, yeah, he's, Kunlun's gone, and uh, his chi is not really 
up to notch. It's not really working. Which contradicts the ending to Leaving Weapon, where his chi was working, but, you know, I mean, if they have a creative vision, they can afford to make little changes mm-hmm. in the plot. Doesn't matter that much, because Carrie Andrews is doing a sequel to Living Weapon anyway, so... But, yeah, so timeline, rough out to Living Weapon, and I will say, without any spoilers, if you have watched the show, but you haven't read any of the comics, you can still read this. Yes, 100%. This yes. is... This is done for, like, anyone can pick this up and just start reading it, even if you haven't read Iron Fist. Which is a pretty nice change, to be honest. Because previously, to pick up a comic and read it, you had to have read all this other stuff. But with this, you can just pick it up, read it. If you're new to the character, it's all good. Yeah, great jumping on issue right here. Yeah. So, uh, Ed Brisson is the writer, Mike Perkins is the artist, Andy Troy is the color artist, VC's Travis Lanham is the letterer, Jeff Dickel is the cover artist, Mike Perkins, Andy Troy, Alex Ross, Karen Andrews are the variant cover artists. I'm sure there's more. Uh, Kathleen Wininski, assistant editor. Jake Thomas, editor. Alex Alonzo, damn you to hell, editor-in-chief. Joe Casada, or Quesadilla, as Carl likes to say it. He's not <laughs> Mexican food, Carl. Um, chief creative officer. Oh, Dan Buckley, president. <laughs> Alan Fine, executive <laughs> producer. Should we just start reading the fine print as well? <laughs> no. Yeah, let's not. Okay. Onto the first actual page. So, we are in Bulgaria, Varna. And we have a lovely opening here. really sets the mood. It's raining. The sky is red. It's nighttime. It seems like it's early in the morning. And we have a hooded figure walking towards a really ratty abandoned warehouse. It's really nice detail. Water tower in the background. Bikes, cars. I don't know. It really sets the scene very well for this issue, I think. In terms of tone, color. Yes. And then we go into walks... the warehouse. And yep. it's a large gathering of... <sighs> Do we even see any females in this crowd? Until we get to the big boss man? I don't think so. So it's just a I don't huge think so. gathering of sweaty, screaming, grungy men. Uh, on that second panel, I think Napoleon Dynamite is the second guy on the right. Um, we see a person standing out a little bit in the third panel as the fight is going on on the left-hand side, wearing a red shirt that will come into play later. And basically what we see is a crowd of people watching an underground MMA fight. It's pretty much, yeah, underground illegal fighting, Valley to do, whatever, and... Yeah, it, it's illegal to the death. A lot of them are as well, which we'll find out very soon. <laughs> so, yeah, smelly underground fight club, very rainy, cold, probably. Um, and we have these two guys sort of fighting in the background. Um, very, The art is very gritty. But good. I think grease. Oh, yeah, no, it's great art. My God. I mean, look, I'm... I'm not going to say the art in Power Man and Iron Fist right now is bad, but it is so not my thing. This so is my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm digging it. And it's, so, it's yeah. A nice the, change. Yeah. The hooded figure with his bag walks up to the big boss man who has two women on him. When poking him in the chin. Yeah. He doesn't like that. No. He, he's then <laughs> holding his chin going, why did you poke me? And this mysterious hooded figure, I want to book a fight, opens up his bag Lots and lots of money. His satchel. 
yep, $1 million. And the guy's like, sure, yep, who's your fighter? And he takes his hood off. What a shock, it's Danny Rand. You're looking at him. And, you know, your funeral, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, who do you want to fight? And all these... Notice in the yep. close-up that uh, the big boss man, mob guy, or whatever you want to call him, has a tattoo on his face. So oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be. Well, we're in Bulgaria, so this could have something to do with Russian mob or something. Danny looks quite menacing when his hood's up. Yes. The hooligan's sunken eyes, just staring. Yes. But he looks, he looks cheerful, Danny, again when he lifts off the hood. So the mobster's like, hey, hey, okay, okay, your money, your funeral. Who am I to argue? I have many options available as he's pointing towards all the male meat muscle behind him, which is like 22 guys. Please. Huge. Look like they're on roids. <laughs> take a look. Which fighter would you like to take on? And Danny, back to Danny pondering as he's looking at all the sweaty men. Look at that guy's head in the middle panel. Closest to Danny. It looks like he has been beaten to shit. Yes. He's <laughs> doesn't look like head a winner. Is yeah. And putty uh, head. In the background we have the two fighters. One has the his neck in a hold and he proceeds to break his neck. So yes. that shows that these fights can be to the death. Then we have Danny taking off his hoodie saying, uh, all of them. Yep. Let's fight all of them. And then we have the title, finally, The Trial of the Seven Masters. Part one. Now, come on. that uh, I saw that title, and I was like, yes. This is just... It's going to be some good, straight-up kung fu. The, but what does that title make you think of? The Seven Cities? Exactly. And I don't think that's where this is going. I don't either. So I think but, they should have picked a different number because of what seven well, entails to that true iron fist hands. Couldn't maybe have been seven's six, just like a number. Eight. Why can't there be eight masters? Why can't there be six? I'm sure there's a reason there's seven. And if there's not, we'll find out soon enough, I guess. Now, is this issue monthly or bi-weekly? I have no clue. That's a very good okay. question, and Rebecca, I'm sure, could answer that. Yeah. <laughs> But she's not with us right now. No. So, okay. Well, yeah, so Trial of the Seven Masters Part 1. And between each panel, there's, like, written by Ed Brisson, illustrated by Mike Perkins, colors by Andy Troy, letters by VCs, Trayton Lanham, and Travis Lanham, sorry. But, yeah, and all the panels in between these is Danny, you know, is kicking a dude in the face in the first one, uh, breaking like a dude's arm in the second one. Looks like he's kicking the dude's face off. That's true. And that other guy in the second panel is not making a happy face. No, he is not. Well, his arm's been broken. So, And uh, the third guy getting palm struck to the chin. And looks like the last guy's getting elbowed in the face. Crunch, slang broke there. Some teeth are shattering and flying through the air. Yeah. So we cut to the next page and everyone's on the ground. And Danny's just standing there. And one guy looks like he's dead. I don't think he's dead. With the but, eyeball open up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that could be the, oh my God, I can't feel my legs face. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the next panel, which is a great panel, um, but in the next panel, he's like, you son of a bitch, you cheat. I have no fighters left, none. And now that you think I'm just going to let you walk out of here? Basically, basically yeah. yeah. What? Who are you? Why did you come here? 
I was looking for something. <laughs> Say that like, what are you looking in your for? worst edited Kung Fu movie voice. I was looking for something. Yeah. What, what were you looking for? Whatever it was, it is not here. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, and he just leaves. Then we have a shot of a plane. And there's that guy in the background, I think, again, in that last panel. He's not, I'm going to say yes, even though his shirt's not red, but because of the haircut, I'm going to say it's the uh, the guy we first got a two-panel glance at. in the. Uh, he could have put on a coat, or it could be the lighting as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we cut to a plane, and there's Danny sitting next to this uh, older guy, and he's like, you've been to Cambodia before? And he's Carl, just talking about how he... That's Carl Culture. No, it's not. I know you want to believe it is, but it's not. I'm sorry, Carl. Um, but yeah, he's talking about how he used to live in Cambodia, and I'm assuming he served in the war. Yeah, he was he, like he young. definitely is dropping facts that he was there for the war. Yeah. And now that he, he uh, couldn't, in the in a nutshell, while he was serving over there, all he wanted to do was get away from it. But now that he's retired, he can't stop thinking about. Yeah, he feels... He wants to go back just this one last time to see it. Which is obviously supposed to be a parallel for Danny and Kunlun. Exactly. Yeah. And Danny decides to go to the bathroom while the other guy decides... Of course he has to go to the bathroom. His left ear is sliding down his neck. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) When that happens, you should immediately get up and go to the bathroom and put it back where it belongs. I didn't notice that before, but that... Looks pretty horrific. And no, it's just the art, guys. His ear's not actually sliding down his neck, but the art makes it look like that. And then the next panel, the guy's looking at his ear laying in the seat. Going, oh, my God. <laughs> is, that, is that a freaking ear? So he cut to Danny in the bathroom. He's looking in the mirror. My name is Danny Rand. Iron Fist. Then the mirror's reflection turns into his outfit. And his current outfit, I guess, has replaced the white and gold one. Thank God. Which is the... Uh, Carrie Andrews jumpsuit with the collar. No, no, no. Oh, this you're saying? Yeah. Well, this isn't exactly it either, though. It's pretty much the same, though. Because Carrie it's Andrews like, had the stripes down the side, like the Bruce Lee outfit. Oh, uh, yeah. No, this one still has stripes. Does it? It looks like it on the first one, anyway. But champion of Kunlun and any splashing water in his face, a living weapon, at least I used to be. Now I'm in not the middle, so sure. The middle panel, it has Kunlun and Rowan's behind him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So we go to another fight club, and Danny's sort of in a monologuing while he's letting this huge guy with uh, brass Make, knuckles. Yeah, makeshift yeah. Wolverine stubby claws. Just wail on him. He's saying, I'm disconnected. I can feel it. All these tournaments, every opponent. I've been trying to push myself, test my skills, trying. The truth of it is, I've yet to be pushed or tested, yet to face an actual challenge. Even when I let them knock me around, let them wear me down, there's no one who comes close to pushing me. And throughout all this, Danny's just letting himself get the crap beaten out of him Uh by this huge guy in the middle of this ring. And there's that red shirt again. Yep. In the first panel and the bottom one as well. But yeah, as I said, the art's really good. Very visceral. Um, and the guy goes in for the double-fisted killing blow because Danny's on the ground and he rolls and he out of the way. And then Danny pretty much dispatches him in five hits and turns him into a cripple for the rest of his life. 
who now drools yeah. in a cup. With flipping. Yes. And uh, Danny remarks, I feel like I'm always punching down. It feels empty. And the background's just, there is no background at this point. It's just red color. Mm-hmm. And Danny's just kicking the crap out of him. And yeah, he breaks his leg. Yeah, he turns him into a cripple. He throws him into the ground and the ground like shatters. Are they on dirt or cement? I don't know. I was thinking about this for way too long while I was reading it. I'm like, is that dirt? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's cheering and Danny's looking at the crowd and he remarks to himself, it feels false. I feel false. And there's like a little spotlight on Danny in the bottom panel. (laughs) Everything else is black. Like he's on stage. He's like, like I'm going going through the motions. Like I'm someone else and I can't find my way back to who I was. So, I mean, we've gotten the picture at this point, really. Uh, For months now, he's felt it slipping away. He's tethered to the chi of Shaolau the Undying, his connection to Kunlun, everything that made him who he was. There's a picture of Kunlun burning in the snow. And he's trying to ignite his fist. And you see, like, little And he gets a flames. That's about it. Yeah. But, yeah. And he's, if I'm no longer Iron Fist champion of Kunlun, then who am I? Now, obviously, with this, just, you know, don't get too continuity thing, because obviously at the end of Living Weapon, he was happy. But, you know, you can just assume this is some point after Living Weapon, maybe things have just gone to bad again. <laughs> he's just having another midlife crisis. I think we're going to find some type of block. Yeah. And yeah. So he's seeing, yeah, he's in this really dirty apartment as well. Yeah. With the money everywhere. He's getting upset. Like he'd find in like a modern drug crime drama movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. While he shoots up heroin. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. That's it. That's the only thing missing is him looking for a vein between his toes. Yeah, goddamn, then he really would be Orson Randall. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I was almost going to comment. It's almost like he's becoming Orson Randall. Uh, well, I wasn't going to comment on that yet, but I will be coming on to that, commenting on that soon because. <laughs> my whole life yeah. has been about this, about Kunlun. My mother and father, they gave their lives so that I could become who I am. It can't be over. I'm not ready for it to be over. Not yet. As he throws the bag of money across the room, sending. And then we get Danny, uh, he's in Vietnam at this point. He's just walking through the dingy streets, which I love this scenery. That's a great panel. It is so awesome. I'm, it remind, I say this a lot, but it reminds me of like, you know, old school. Um, I don't know. It just sort of reminds me of old school heavy metal. And I don't mean, <laughs> the, I don't mean the music. I mean the magazine. Yeah. Type it of just work that would appear in that book, like the old school kind of pulp stuff, like Indiana Jones stuff, where they'd end up end up in places like Madripoor, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and Danny's walked into this bar, he's asking for whiskey on the rocks in the bottle, and they're speaking Vietnamese at this point. Now I cannot read Vietnamese; just the comic pointed that out to me. I don't know why he so, knows it, Danny. Eh, I mean, he, uh. Kunlun in the comics has before been implied to oh, yeah, know a variety a of mix, Asian martial arts. It's a mixing pot. Yeah, so they've referenced like uh, Taekwondo in, which is completely incorrect because Taekwondo didn't come about till later. But 
Oh, anyway, they've met, yeah, they've mentioned other styles that are not from China in Kunlun before, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Him knowing Vietnamese is not a stretch to me. And, of course, being in a Vietnamese bar that is populated so, by foreigners. And some white person. Of, you can see a lot of what looks like tourists there. You yeah. have the lady of the night making an offer, and he is not interested. No, thank you. The Iron Fist does not protect me from that. Yes, he doesn't actually. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's uh, taking a seat and chugging on what looks like it's supposed to be a bottle of Jack Daniels without saying it's Jack Daniels, because then he would have to probably pay advertising fees or some crap. And And, uh, then we hear a mystery voice. You won't find what you're looking for in that bottle. I said I'm not, I'm, nor am I here to offer similar comforts. It's the man in the red that we've been seeing this whole issue. Now, this is where I wanted to point out that Danny was really channeling Orson. Well, you didn't tell him to F off. <laughs> oh, well, he's in, yeah, but he's in this dive yeah, in a, some foreign country. a bottle of booze. All yeah. he needs is a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> he, fe- he feels like, he feels like Orson Randall's stuck in a pulp noir. Um... You know, like, I, I, like at this point, I'm like, he even looks a bit like Orson Randall. Yep. Which is very haggard. And I am totally on board with that, by the way, because I love Orson Randall. In fact, who doesn't love Orson Randall, really? Uh, I won't go into that. Well, you don't love Orson Randall? Oh, no, I have no problem with Orson Randall. The problem, it seems to be that Orson Randall is also white. <laughs> Oh god, I haven't even I haven't heard anything about that. But anyway, um, Orson Randall, for you guys who don't know, is the previous Iron Fist, who is currently deceased, right? Who also ran from his duties, but ran so far and so hard, and took to actually taking illegal drugs to block his connection to the power of the Iron Fist. So yeah. it was believed that he had died. He basically fooled them, which opened up the Iron Fist tournament again to make another. And if you actually read the older books, which they do not discuss a lot anymore, nor do they discuss it at all in the television series, the next Iron Fist should have been who? Wendell Rand. Right. And why? Uh, because he won the tournament. <laughs> and where well, where was Wendell Rand born? He was not born in Kunlun. Yes, he was. He was he? No, he wasn't. Orson found no, Wendell. No. Orson was born in Kunlun. Oh, you're right. I'm confusing them. Yeah, no, Orson, no, no. Wendell Orson, wasn't born in. Right, Orson was born. Because his father was the crazy ass inventor. Yeah, yeah, who crashed his crazy blimp machine? <laughs> it's a Kunlun. <laughs> and then, all right, then, then I don't know either why Danny is called the half breed all the time. Because, uh, because I always thought Wendell, it was because when since Wendell was born in the city, he was considered an actual citizen of Kunlun. But Wendell got a daughter, right? Wendell got, because basically, I actually just read this in 
because I'm I'm currently reading through the old Power Man and Iron Fist series, and I just read this. Wendell Shalar went crazy, went out of its cave, and nearly killed the previous UT and his son, which is the current UT. And Wendell saved them by shooting at it to distract it, and it just left. <laughs> it was odd, but yeah. So the the old UT decided to adopt Wendell, not only adopt Wendell, but make him his heir. Which is why the current UT turned into such a sh- Right, because and he shouldn't even have been the yes. UT. It should have went to Wendell. Yeah, and essentially... And when Danny yeah, showed up again, Danny was also now an heir, because I guess it works more like um, the English royalty. Yeah. Where number one son is the top heir, and if number one son has a kid, number two son is now the third heir. Yeah. Yeah, and it explains why UT had tried to have Danny killed a lot and stuff like that. And look, I'm going to say, you know, the murder and everything went a bit far, but I'm not on board with the decision to make Wendell the heir. I think that's pretty... (laughs) That's pretty, like, you know... (laughs) He saved your life. You can adopt him. Awesome. But making him the heir... It's the Immortal City. God damn, the dude is white. <laughs> he's, he's He wasn't even born there. He came in when he was like 20 years old. But, yeah. Then Wendell left because uh, his woman died. Killed by plant people. Damn plant people. I thought it was more I, than that. I thought not only was it the plant people, but it was also what went down with Davos. Yeah, it was that and it was the plant people. It was a combination of both, I guess. He just got sick of it. But anyway, uh, back to this. <laughs> All right. Whatever yeah. it is that you're offering, I'm not interested. Oh, I think perhaps you might be. No, all that I'm interested in is sitting here and drinking this bottle of whiskey and feeding tomorrow's hangover alone. It's unsettling to me, Daniel Rand, that a man who has been given your talents, you know who I am, Whose choices to waste them like, who chooses to waste them like this, drinking himself into a stupor, fighting against opponents not worthy to stand in the same ring as himself. And he, and then he takes his bottle of Jack and he throws it Jack. behind him. Gets right up in his face. Danny, Danny's full on awesome right now. He's like, you just stole my booze, <laughs> my hooch. In this dive on the other side of the world, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> So, yeah, they're staring at each other, and it's like watching a lion step into the ring with a kitten. Both may be the same species, but they are not the same beast. You are meant for more than this. And then he, to, to tsunami death strikes. Yeah, palm, which is like a palm into his chest, and Danny goes flying. Which in a kung fu movie would always then leave the handprint and, like, blood, speckled blood spots on the opponent's chest. And then they would die, the, like, two days later. Unless somebody put a medicine patch on like their chest and back and put them in a room for them to sweat it out. <laughs> well, that also that also be a close up of the eyes of the person who did it. Like it would zoom in. Yes, yeah, as they squinted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this sends Danny flying backwards, shattering furniture and whatnot because you see bits and pieces of wood flying in different directions. He's and like, so, "Hey, that hurt." And then we have the typical hand gesture. Come at me. Done like, in how every long martial it, art movie on the planet. <laughs> how long has it been since you fought a legitimate opponent? Since you've actually stood against someone who might present a real challenge? Danny's like, honestly, too long. So they start going at it. Danny does an upward cannon punch to his chin. Then he gets hit with a side shadow kick. Then Danny does a 
bird beak strike. She looks like a finger strike to this temple. No, it's, and then the, there's it's a with the first knuckles. Ah, oh, right. And he, and he, uh, Danny gets tripped up by a tiger tail sweep. And then he retaliates with an upward lightning strike. And they, well, yeah, they keep fighting. There's this crazy kung fu going on. And then he blocks Danny's last strike and goes, halt. I have no doubt that if we were to continue, you would defeat me. You are a great warrior, a true champion. That is why I've been sent for you. Who are you? My name is Cho Shin. I come from the island of Li Shi. Oh, man, I'll probably butcher these pronunciations. <laughs> That's, uh, I was going to say Li Shi, but hey, whatever. <laughs> um, by the way, the name Li Shi, I looked this up, and it's a mountain in the Kunlun mountain range. Ooh. It's like one of the highest peaks. Um, but I, I think it's just a name name drop. I don't think it's actually going to be a mountain, as we'll find out soon. The thing you are searching for, Daniel, you will not find it here. Here you will only find disappointment and dissatisfaction and maybe herpes, while your powers (laughs) continue to atrophy. Who sent you for me? Why? Now they're just sitting at another table across from each other talking, like nothing just happened. We didn't wreck half the bar at all. <laughs> well, the people people are still kind of looking at them for a while, and now they're just sort of going back to their business. I've come to make you an offer to extend an invitation. Come with me to Lai Shi or Lo Shi or oh man, Shaka Khan, <laughs> whatever it is. Lo Shi. Oh god, where, where's the where's the word bubbles we used to get in the bottom of the comics for pronunciation? <laughs> uh. You're invited to participate. All right, fans, tell me if this doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> You're invited to participate in a tournament against those whose skills are equal to your own in a place where Kung Fu is held above all else. Wait a second here. Are you telling me there's a guy with one hand? <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. Wait, you expect me to just shrug my shoulders and follow some stranger off to an island I've never heard of? Is that what you think is going to happen here? Yes. Well, okay, then. Let's go. Pretty much. That's what I was thinking. Like, why don't you just say yes? Like, it seems like a pretty good deal. Nothing better to do. Is there booze there? Why, yes, then I'm there. Then we get the typical, or you can stay and, you know, wallow in this instead of answering questions about your self that you don't fully understand, blah, blah, blah. Or you can come with me. And next panel, the boat. Yes, the last page is taken almost directly out of Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Yeah. Uh, if this got any more Enter the Dragon, John Saxton and freaking Jim Kelly would be standing next to him on his boat. Yeah. And he goes, welcome to, do not know how to pronounce the name of this place, Lushi. But, oh, my God, how awesome is this last page? It's it's def it's uh, I don't even know how to say it's the artwork's fantastic on this last page the the details on the boat and the sail and the sunset coloring is very impressive. Uh, my biggest problem with the last page is it almost looks like they're going to the tower in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Uh, I, I always I got a more Kunlun vibe from it, really. With the evil eyeball up there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really like it. I, I like the tower. I like the 
the you know all the islands surrounding it and stuff. It's got me really excited for the next issue. That's for sure. Oh, it's definitely going to be interesting. Off this. I, I want to see who these seven masters are going to be because I and is he considered a master in this or not? Yeah, and uh, yeah. So Danny is arriving at this on where the tournament takes place, and yeah, that's the end of the issue. Lots of action. Something yes, it was something we're not used to. And then the next issue has an awesome cover. And is it me or does it look like a bit like Finn Jones? Uh, I can't see that. So I don't You can't see it? No. Ah, right, right. Yeah. So I really liked that issue. I had problems with it, but I'll talk about the positive first. I really liked it. It it felt like a martial arts comic. Definitely. You know, it it feels more like a martial arts comic and less like a superhero comic, which I'm a big fan of. Because I feel like Marvel really needs more diversity in terms of genre in their comics. Because we remember in the 80s and the 70s. Well, I mean, I wasn't born then. But <laughs> like, you read stuff from there and they have all these different genres. They had sci-fi, they had western, they had horror. Now it's just the same yep. superhero genre. But this is like feeling like a kung fu book. This feels a bit like a you know Masters of Kung Fu book. Um, oh, trust me. I would love if the horror books came back. Those were some of the best books they had going, in my opinion, at that time. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I was a big fan of this issue. Yeah, I really got awesome vibes. He was in a shitty bar in Vietnam. He was drinking, except I guess it's a bit of a twist because he's looking to get his chi back, whereas Awesome was doing this to mm-hmm. get rid of his chi. Yeah. And, you know, Danny's well, using it. Orson was on the run for, like, 50 frigging years. Yeah. Before Danny found him. How do you think Orson was paying the bills? This is what <laughs> Orson was doing. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got huge Orson Randall vibes, and I'm I, I think that's deliberate. I would like to think so. Or is it so. coincidence? Yeah, I'd like to think so. It might be coincidence though, but it just it feels a lot like Orson to me. But like it feel it feels like I'm you know, it, especially when he's in Vietnam, it feels like I'm reading like an Orson Randall comic. Not that he's had many. He should have many. Yeah, he, sh- he should have. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I, I actually got into this with David Walker, the current writer of Power Man and Iron Fist on Facebook yeah. about this. And because, uh, of course, the whole thing was raised about, you know, Iron Fist being white. And... He commented that the next Iron Fist should be Asian. And I had to come in and say, the next Iron Fist is Asian. It's a little Asian girl, because there's currently two. There's Danny and her name, is her name Poe or Pi? Pi. Pi. So Danny and Pi are the current Iron Fists. So right now we have two Iron Fists. We are going to get a series of both of them together soon from Car Andrews which I'm yep. very looking forward to. Yeah, it'll be and, interesting, Danny training her. And then I had to drop the knowledge that there's been 67 Iron Fists currently, including Pi. She is the 67th. Two of them have been white. And there should be an Iron Fist book. Because some I thought of, Danny was the 67th, because there was 66 before him. No, he's 66. He's the 66th Iron Fist, so Pi is the 67th. 
and um, there literally should be like a Iron Fist Chronicles or something like that. In a, yep. nut- in a nutshell, you've pretty much got 6,000 years mm-hmm. of Iron Fist history. I mean, some of the best parts of the Immortal Run was those issues that were just like, there would be an issue every few issues, which was just about a previous Iron Fist. Right, which would touch upon one of the, one of the past ones. And yeah, and why, it was awesome. Why, why don't we have that series? And, I have no idea. And honestly, I brought this up also, me and you being Hellboy fans, some of his best stories are flashbacks from 40, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. You could do that all day long. And I, I joked about the stories that could have been written or can still be written. Like, you know, one of an iron, an iron fist punching out a certain guy because he sold his friend out Jesus for a couple gold coins or dealing with a Pharaoh and why the Sphinx really doesn't have a nose. (laughs) Why Napoleon actually holds his stomach all the time. All this, wow. <laughs> you can take, you can take a history book and just take moments in history and insert different iron fists into that storyline and build upon it. And it would be fantastic how the Great Wall of China is actually from the first time Kunlun, the city, was brought to earth like Danny did in that horrible miniseries with Wolverine. Um, because the Iron Fist called the city down to where he was. This happened to be Iron Fist was in China at the time. So Kun Lun was brought down, but then it was canceled. But when it was canceled and it went back, it left one of its retaining walls. So that's how most of the Great Wall happened. And then say, like, the Emperor liked the idea, so he continued to build upon the wall. You could do stuff yeah. like that, which would be fantastic. You could, just, you could just use it for different genre stories. Like, you go back to the old Golden Age pulp style of help, like, Lobster Johnson and Hellboy, except with Orson Randall, right. which they have done before. Where you can go, like, to, like, a Western genre, which kind of, because there was that very brief appearance by the Iron Fist with the poncho. Yep. Before he died. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's yeah, so much you can do, but no, we have, like, was, six Avengers. really books. disappointing that we get introduced to this character just for the. The demon is going to kill him. Oh, this guy's awesome. Oh, he's dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's this, you know, but no, we have six Avengers books, and Marvel's never going to do anything like this. So if we want something like this to happen, we got to get Iron Fist over to Dark Horse, because they'd do something <laughs> like that. They, uh, they would they would have an Iron Fist series, you know. Never happen. Uh, they have, they'd have three at the same time, all in different time frames. Ah, oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> There'd be library edition hardcovers that came out every four months. Yeah. But uh, I will actually, I'll talk about a negative for this issue. Um, I feel like they really could have cut down, like everything before the bar, they could have cut down a lot, I think. You didn't need that much page time to give Danny a situation. That could have been done in like one fight. Mm -hmm. Um, You didn't need to have two fights and a plane ride to cover that Danny feels like crap and he doesn't have the power of the Iron Fist because Kunlun's gone. And, right. you know, he's just fighting fighting to get it back. Like, that that could have been covered in just a couple of pages. See, what, I, what I'm struggling with is since when is Kunlun what powers him? Kunlun in the Tree of Life never really had anything to do with his power before. It had to do with 
Shaolin or Shaolu the Undying. Wasn't that covered in Living Weapon, really? I, I think it's just brought up that now that it's destroyed, you have no power, but they don't really explain what that had to do. I think with- I think that's, honestly, because it got resolved in Living Weapon, I think that for this book, it's just it's just a plot device. I don't think it's anything we're supposed to put too much thought into. He's just he's just not feeling the connection to Kunlun, so he doesn't have the Iron Fist. And I agree, like, I don't think he hasn't got... Kunlun didn't need to be there for him to have his powers. Mm-hmm. But I would have to read Living Weapon again to look at it properly. Um, like, I did reread the end of it after starting this issue, because I'm like, wait, what? But, yeah. Um, it could be, it could be, like, just on Danny's end mentally as well. Like, he's trying to get, because the, the power is still there, we've seen it. He's trying to get into a fight so he can get into a fight that he needs to use it, yeah. So, like, he said ever since Kunlun's gone, well, or now that Kunlun's gone, I can't seem to access. So it might not be because Kunlun's in the state it is right now. It could just be because of the way he feels. Mm-hmm. I guess what, we'll find out as we go on. I don't think those, it's going to be brushed over. What have all those people done that since he sent them back through the gate? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming they're still there building and stuff. As I said, like, uh, you don't want to just, you don't want to bend your head about the continuity in this book because while it does take place after Living Weapon, you got to assume it just takes place at some weird point in time after Living Weapon where he just doesn't have his chi for some reason. I don't think it's a direct follow-up um, because, as I said, it doesn't really mesh with the ending of Living Weapon if you go straight from that to this. But on the plus side, as I said, like this, you can jump into this without having read any Iron Fist. Especially yeah. if you've just seen the show. It really me- meshes well with the show. Without Definitely. any spoilers, it meshes very well with the and, show. And there's, and there's no way they didn't do that on purpose. Yeah, and we'll go into that with spoilers next week. But yeah, yeah, and oh yeah, coincidentally, this came out the week uh, after the show came out. Yep. I mean, it's coincidence, right? I don't think it had any deliberate. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm. I, I really like the art in this. The writing was good. I mean, it's not like there was much writing; like it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But I am very keen to continue this series. Not not a lot of not a lot of story, but a good starting point. Uh, What's this- a fighting? If this was a uh, Master of Kung Fu comic in the 70s, this would have been a page and a half. Yes. <laughs> and if you think I'm joking, pick up an old mas- pa- uh, Master of Kung Fu comic book from the 70s and then wonder where 45 minutes just went. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. I, uh, and I'm not like, saying it's yeah, a bad they- thing. It's just changed, I guess. There was more emphasis on art than story in this, but... Um, the thing is, as I mentioned before, they could have done, like, the first half of the comic in two pages, with, even with this style, just have one fight, and then he goes through his mental state and his chi, and that's all you needed, and yeah, they could have had... Then we would have a seven-page boat ride. <laughs> well, no, you don't need a seven-page boat ride. We could have had him arriving on the island and meeting some of the people before some sort of cliffhanger. That's how I would have done it anyway. But I'm not a comic writer, so... Not yet, anyways. But yeah, that, that's my only complaint about the issue, really. Otherwise, I really enjoyed it. And I, I read I read through it uh, slower than uh, the current Power Man Iron Fist. Current Power Man Iron Fist is a lot wordier, but in this, I was just admiring the art. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and just admiring like the you know Danny Orson parallels. I just thought there was more to chew on in this book, even though it had less going on. Speaking, if you of know the what I mean. Current Power Man and Iron Fist. Let's go right yep. into issue fourteen. Yes. Which so, the, my favorite part of the normal cover is again, of course, there's two covers now to freaking in everything. Um, the first cover has, um, what the hell's the kid's name? Alex Wilder. Alex Wilder holding up two cards with a third card on the table of Danny, Luke, and Senior Magico. He, of course, is still yep. wearing his hoodie, and he's got, like, ghost eyes going, and behind him, it looks like spiritual forms screaming in agony with ghost eyeballs yeah. also of the three of them. And my yeah. favorite part about this cover is actually the skulls in the background. Ooh, I, think I just looks, noticed that. I think that's the coolest part. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like they're in the, the cover- death dimension. Yeah, so the recap is, um, let's see. Luke and Danny have been trying to help clean up Harlem, but it certainly hasn't been easy. Alex Wilder came straight from hell to Harlem to reestablish the pride of once powerful crime family. Through magic and technology, he altered people's criminal records to manipulate them into doing his wishes. Tombstone, desperate after Alex sent Mr. Fish to damnation, <laughs> as well as having difficulties with Luke and Danny, set a trap. The result was a lot of dead bodies, including Piranha Jones. Alex retaliated by upping the ante, purposely allowing an evil demon to possess him. Harlem is on the brink of war, and Luke and Danny are the only ones that can stop it. David F. Walker is the writer, Sanford Green is the artist, Lee Loveridge is the color artist, VCs Clayton Cowles is the letterer and production, Sanford Green is the cover artist, Catherine Wisniewski is the assistant editor, Jake Thomas is the editor, Axel Alonso, you suck, is the editor-in-chief, Joe Casada is the chief creative officer, Dan Buckley is the president, Alan Fine is the executive producer. It's nice to see that VC Clayton's getting a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> so 19 days ago, uh, we have Tombstone visiting Black Talon, which is uh, Samuel, Bal- Samuel Barone, and he's getting him to resurrect Mr. Fish, which he does. And Mr. Fish is saying hell sucked, and essentially he's like, I want revenge on Alex Wilder. So they're going to go after Alex Wilder now. Uh, and uh, oh, okay. on this... Okay, you just met somebody who can literally... Pull a dead person from the ether and recreate them, and you don't bring back Piranha Jones either. Screw him. Give me the fish guy. <laughs> and it's like he, sh- he goes, bring someone back from the dead ain't no easy task, and he does it in two panels <laughs> and says three words. But it's a really cool. Uh, I like the setting, the area, like the hell looking place, and the two ape sapiens. In the first panel. Yeah, where exactly but, is this supposed to be in New York City? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm assuming I have to know more about Black Talon himself to guess where it was. Because <laughs> he's in like um, some but, odd catacombs thing sitting on a throne of skulls yeah. with zombie lobotomized Abe Sapien looking like you just said people. Yeah. <laughs> and he, as he pulls Mr. Fish out of hell, he looks like a fetus thing, which I thought was a nice touch as well. He's pulling him out. And he, like, recreates but, him. He's sitting on the floor naked, asking where he is. Now, yeah. notice here, Black Talon does not say hell. Realm of the Damned. So, we still... It kind of hints that 
he went, the kid went to hell, but then it doesn't. Well, it said so. that in the recap. Because like, in the recap, it said he went from hell to Harlem. Because there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in this one. <laughs> well, it there's so many hells in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just all these different ones. Yeah. Wasn't there, but, like, the uh, Nine Rings of Hell and Dante's Inferno, and they pretty much run with that, that there's nine levels and nine... I don't... They might have done that once, but that's bosses. not the general impression I've gotten. Um, if they did do the nine circles of hell, it doesn't have anything thematically. It must just be nine different areas. Um, but yeah, then we cut to 17 days ago and we have Alex Wilder, uh, doing magic and science. And the one thing he's trying to brew some sort of potion. He's like levitating the test tubes in the air, which they never said he had that power before, but he's ingested a lot of other things so who knows what's going on I also well he's currently got the demon in him I also don't understand that because this is not the the Alex we were left with you know what I mean he yeah like transformed and now he's back to looking like completely normal again well because he's got it under control well it came out of his body though he like hatched himself. Well, we but, haven't seen him without his shirt on or anything. But that's besides the point. Uh, Mariah shows up, asks what he's doing. And he's like, it's finally working, Mariah. Spread the word. We are open for business and selling redemption. And then yeah, he, so, show, he shows off his broken fingers in the next panel and says, and while we're at it, time to totally move our base of operations again. Too many people are looking for us, and we wouldn't want to get found now. Then it goes to now, the present. So, Senor Magico, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage have burst into what they think is Alec Wilder's hideout, but he's not there. He's always changing locations before they can get to him. And they have to clean up his messes, which is what looks like a bunch of undead people. Yes. Um, no Alex, undead zombie people. But a house full of the shambling undead. And they fight them. They punch and kick. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they don't kill them. Um, no, because yeah, Senior they, Magico realizes that there's something afoot here. Yeah, there's a, there's a one page of just a big fight where they're being jumped on, and kicks are being thrown, fists are being thrown. Senior Magico is using magic foo or something. And yeah, essentially, uh, Alex is dealing this drug called Redemption which is turning people into these things. And, you know, and Danny remarks that this drug makes MGH look like candy. So they got to get these people to a clinic and they go to the clinic. <laughs> Who is run by? The night nurse Yay. in the car. Not Claire Temple. And yes, no, I don't. she's like, Let's not talk about that. she's like, stop bringing me all these people because there's like no room. She can't treat them. Now, like, there's no cure. No, I can't remember. Who is running... Who is the actual... Is this set up by Doctor Strange, or is this funded by Tony? I have no idea. So I can't... Because this is, like, the underground place for all the superheroes in, like, the New England area to go to. And that's what Linda Carter slash... Not, not Wonder Woman Linda Carter. Linda Carter, yeah. Night Nurse... 
Linda Carter, Night Nurse, was around before Linda Carter, the actress, ever put on Wonder Woman's outfit. Just happens to be a huge coincidence. <laughs> um, was it? She had, she actually had two issues of her own comic called Night Nurse, I believe. I think it only yeah. with two issues. And, uh, did not have anything, I believe, to do with superheroes. They just tried to do a nurse drama comic. And it didn't really, didn't really yeah, take off. They didn't, take off. they didn't really want to lose the character. So they migrated her into Doctor Strange to be a love interest. And then for some unknown reason, they did not put her in the Doctor Strange movie. They changed it to someone else. Yeah. Um, so she shows in the room and there's all these people lined up all with IVs in their arms, all in beds. And she's completely confused of what's going on. And this is where senior Magico steps up and says there's magic involved in whatever they're taking also. And it's, it's supernatural and it's possessing their souls. Yeah. A drug that possesses your soul. This just keeps getting worse and worse says Danny. Yeah, but I think I know someone who might actually be able to help with this. And now, what did you think after reading that bubble? Doctor Strange. Or what were you hoping? I was hoping Doctor Strange, but then I, again, I thought like it would be weird if because like they say Doctor Strange doesn't know anything about street magic. I don't know. I was, um, why? I was who are you helping? Damien Hellstorm. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. He, he's popped up to, in the Christmas one. Right, when they said possessing souls, I'm just like, oh, please bring in Damien. <laughs> yeah. Please, for the love of God, you did it once, do it again. <laughs> so we go to Alex Wilder's current base operations, and, well, there's not much happening here. They're just, you know, talking Keep to each other. Keep the line moving. we got a business to run, product to sell. Jenny's, I guess the point of this whole thing is Jenny looks like she's feeling reluctant. Yes, as Mariah's trying to push more and more drugs out the door because it's become very obvious that Mariah is about the money. Mariah wants to get, or Black Mariah wants to get paid. Yeah. And that's pretty much all it has come down to for her. She doesn't care what they stoop to to do it. She just wants the green. And Jenny is realizing that this is not what she wants to do with her life. Yeah. And she even brings up questions and she's just basically dismissed by Black Mariah. Like, shut up. We got a good hair. You just do what you're told. And we take care of A-Wild's business. And then we go to Alex Wild, who's trying to extract blood from an eldritch horror that's trapped in a box, it seems like. There's a big tentacle coming out. This is about to be a Japanese porno movie. Oh, God. He's got this giant, huge syringe, which is like three feet long, which I'm going to guess is one of the things he took from the secret vault from when he battled senior Magico off, off page. Unfortunately, we know we still don't know everything he took. I'm going to say this is probably one of them along with the box, which they, they basically say that out right later. And, uh, he's fighting a tentacle. He's like, just need a little of your blood. And Mariah doesn't seem to be phased by the giant tentacle. 
Yeah. And, and Jenny's just like, what the? And yeah, he's just shoving it back in this box and he shoves it back in the box and he comes out with this big glowing syringe, <laughs> which is more of the, and that's the drug. He's, he's using his. He's infusing this creature's blood into the drug to make the pills to possess the people. Now, yeah. what his plan is with this? Who knows? We're gonna have to wait and see. And so we cut to uh, Power Man and Iron Fist visiting uh, Jericho Drum, Doctor Voodoo, who pops up now and then. Yes. Now, even though this isn't Damien Hellstrom or Doctor Strange, I was still impressed. Because mm. Dr. Voodoo is still cool as hell. Yeah, we might have gone Senor Magico too. <laughs> yes. They've been like, oh. But, I, w- um, I would have loved a little standoff between the two of them. I would have thought that would have been an awesome little two or three panel thing where they're like, you know, getting each other's face. Well, the, Dr. Voodoo is a serious character though. Yes. Like, Senor Magico is a fat dude. <laughs> Who's, like, comically powerful. Um, I think Senior Magico should, like, run his business out of a taco cart. That would be awesome. <laughs> or a uh, food truck. But it's all yeah. filled with magic books. And he's got the window open. He's just hanging out there. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> what, you need a curse removed? Come here. So they're visiting Dr. Voodoo. And he's saying that uh, rumor has it that Alex Water broke a deal to get out of hell. Yeah, Dr. Voodoo already knows who the dude is. Yeah. Knows who he is, knows what he did upon hearing about the drug, knows how it has to get made. So, Dr. Voodoo is not messing around when it comes to knowledge. And he says that uh, he's got the Demon of Redemption, which is the rarest of demons from the realm of the damned. And legend says that the creature's blood can be used to ease the suffering of those condemned to hell, like a narcotic. And, yeah, so it looks like, so you're saying he's selling demon blood. If it's true that Alex broke the deal to get out of hell, he would have had to have offered something in return. Um, the blood of the redemption demon would have a different effect on the living man than those in damnation. It would look like possession, and in time it would become just that. He still doesn't know how anyone could capture a demon, though. And, and then Luke drops the little tidbit about the trouble they had with him. The trouble they had earlier with the super soul stone. Yeah. And then Dr. Voodoo's like, what? Wait, you're saying Alex Wilder has the super soul stone? And he attacked Senior Magic who stole the stone and other things, a walking stick and some kind of box. We don't know what he took or why. So we don't know if that was the walking stick is the needle thing, and he's just confusing it. We'll have to wait and see, because it's not told in this issue. But upon hearing this information, the voodoo is like, damn, the young fool's actually trying to do it. Street magic, Alex Wilder, is trying to become the grand master of street magic. Dun, dun, dun. Big giant face shot. Now we have Mr. Fish back in all his fish gear with his goggles and tubes running into his mouth off of his yeah. chest thing he's, from the sand people in Star Wars. He's hanging out with Tombstone and they're trying to look for Alex Wilder, but they haven't found him. Yeah, all they're finding in his rooms full of junkies and pills. Yeah. And. 
So, Mr. yeah, then we cut to Alex. And Mr. Fish wants to rip his spine out and beat him with it. Yeah, he's, he's feeling pretty well. I don't know if he can actually do that, but who knows what I have no idea. <laughs> and then we have Alex looking at himself in the mirror. It's finally happening. It's all coming together. Mom and Dad. They'd be so proud of what I've been able to do, how I've honored their legacy and built upon it. I was trapped in hell. It totally sucked. But I figured if there was a way out, I'd find it. And then it's, it shows like Alex sitting at a table with a gangster, a Genghis Khan looking guy and a dwarf Viking dude. So I listened and learned until I knew what needed to be done. I could get out of hell. I could return to earth and I could have it all power, money. And most importantly, I will steal the souls of millions. Talking yeah, to yourself again, boy. The demon, yeah, he's having this conversation with the demon inside of him, and he opens his shirt, and the demon's face is, like, where his chest is. Yes. Um, and they're pretty much arguing with each other, and the demon is saying, look, don't go crazy like all the others, because we have big plans. And Alex is like, I'm fine. You gave me the strength I needed to capture the uh, redemption demon and the magical spells to extract its blood. But yeah, the demon's warning him it takes a toll, and he made a deal, and Alex also made a deal with the devil himself. So, yeah, soon he'll be able to mass produce the drug, though. And he walks into the other room and yells, Oh no, swear word. What's wrong, boy? Because, you know, the thing can't see. The box, it's totally gone. So the box with the demon is now no longer in the lab room Alex was using to produce the drug. And where is the box exactly? He's screaming for Mariah. And in the next panel, we see that Jenny has it in a bear hug, and she's looks like she's scooting down an alley. Yeah, Jenny's, Jenny's decided to book with it because this stuff is obviously very bad. And Jenny used to be permanent office secretary, so... So, yeah. Mariah... And she's in the... She's in the old comics a lot, because um, I've been reading them lately, and she pops up a fair bit. So, yeah. So Mariah um, runs to Heroes for Hire and Shaddock Mangler. Well, Jenny runs to Heroes for Hire. Yes, Jenny, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, and uh, Mangler answers the door, and she just runs in. I need to see Luke and Danny. And he's like, I tried to stop it. <laughs> I'm only 400 pounds and six foot eight. Yeah. She's like a good five six. <laughs> and Luke essentially goes, you got some nerve showing up here after everything you pulled. And, uh, yeah, so Jenny's filling him in on how Alex Wilde is crazy and Black Mariah keeps pushing him to be crazier and do more. And Mine feels like, what's in the box? And she's like, I don't know, something evil, though. He's making this drug using the blood of the demon. I know it sounds crazy. You know, you have no right to believe me, I lied to you, stuff like that. And then she does what everybody should do. She opens I don't know the box. what's in this box. It's got a demon in it, apparently. Big purple tentacle. I'll open it right here. And it drags her into the box, and Danny just jumps into the box, and his two feet are sticking out. And he jumps in after her. And then Luke goes, sweet Christmas. And he grabs onto Danny's feet, and there's like a chain thing going on. Like, uh, Mangle's holding on to Luke, and Mangle's outside of it, 
Uh, Luke's holding on to Danny. Danny's holding on to Jenny, who's been grabbed by this huge freaking tentacle demon. Yeah, it's monstrous. Like, we only see, like, the first bit of it, and it has an eyeball, but yeah. Giant eyeball. And it's like this weird, funky realm of hell. Um, it's all grotesque and well, stuff. I don't know if that's hell. I think that's literally the inside of the box. It's like a box of holding. I guess I guess we'll find out. It's part TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Well, I'm and like, to be continued. How strong is Mangler? <laughs> um, yeah, don't know if he's strong enough. I don't know. But yeah, that's the issue. We might be um, calling Mangler lefty after this issue. I'm looking forward to the next one because I like the mystic stuff. What my biggest worry is, as far as we know, there's only one issue left. Yeah, they didn't mention it in this issue, though. And I read the letters page, and they didn't mention it there yeah, either. They don't. They do not mention it at all in the letters page. So, that, so it might not be the last one, but I think it is the last one. You know, I don't have a problem if the book continues because, for one, we know. David Walker is not going to be writing the book anymore. David Walker is going to be doing the Luke Cage solo run. And they have just, I think, solicited for issue two. So David Walker has gone on to Luke Cage's solo book, which is fine. He writes Luke very well. Um, This run has been interesting. It hasn't been the greatest comic on the planet, but at least it's been interesting. Um, But this seems like a lot to wrap up in 21 pages. Especially with the way that they don't... These issues don't really have a lot in the 21 pages a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean... But I think it could be wrapped up in 21 pages. Yeah, Mr. You know? Mr. Fantastic's going to show up and just fix it all with science. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm... Uh, this series as a whole, I'm not, I'm not entirely sovereign. I don't, I don't really like, I don't think the humor mixes well with the plot. I just don't think it's done very well. Um, and I, 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 know, I, I know it's not unfair, but I don't have a problem with the story. I don't have a problem with the writing. My biggest problem with this book has been pacing. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, actually, that's probably a better way. Yeah. Yeah, it's pacing has been all over the place, and I don't, I don't like the art either. I know the I know some people like the art. I'm I'm just not on board with the art. Though. I don't I don't hate it, but when reintroducing a character that you have a TV show starting on, I wouldn't have went with this style of artist because I know people who are literally not picking up this book because of the art. Yeah, same. And it's like they didn't they didn't they didn't read any of it. They opened it up and went, eh, and put it down and refused. Comic books, I, I know it's different in Australia, but in the United States, a comic book is at least $4. Now, that is pretty much half of minimum wage here. So that's a half, a half an hour's worth of work. That That's not even a good example because they take taxes out. Yeah. So three quarters of an hour's worth of work will get you one comic book, and people want something pretty to go along with yeah. the reading. Unless you're a diehard fan, then you don't care. You're just happy to see your favorite hero in a book. Yeah. So as much as I don't have an issue with the art, 
because I'm such a diehard Iron Fist fan and the Power Man Iron Fist fan. I'm just happy to see them back together, working together in their solo book. I mean, if this was drawn by a guy holding a crane in his ass, I still probably would have bought it. But, again, Luke Cage had just hit Netflix. Iron Fist was about to hit Netflix. And so there was a lot of hype. And you put out a book that is a little bit hard to look at for some people. And you had diehard collectors weren't picking up the book because of what it looked like. And you had brand new people who've never bought a comic before in their life finding out, oh, wait, Luke Cage from Netflix and the new Iron Fist that's coming to Netflix are in a book together. And then I'm hearing from these people, yeah, I went and saw the comic and I picked it up and oh, it looked horrible, so I didn't bother to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a... If if the book does continue, I want them to... If they're changing the writer, I want them to change the artist as well, just to do a completely new look. No, I also have to be honest with you. A, Hell, a Hellboy BPRD story with this art wouldn't affect anybody because it's the art style they're accustomed to when it comes to Hellboy for the most part. When the you, art style... Uh, no, not Hellboy. The, the BPRD art style is a bit like this, but it's still a lot better. But when you... When you get a BPRD, well, I'm saying BPRD with Hellboy. When you get one of the stories that's all pretty by these artists that are like professional painters, it almost looks odd. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not used to this. Where's the ankles? Where's the hard edges? I don't know. Like I think, I think that like even the worst BPRD art has been a lot better than this. Um, but yeah, well. But lots going on in this issue, lots of stuff resolving, finding out a lot of answers, um, and we'll have to see what happens in 15. Yep, so, yeah, you can pick up on... And and more importantly, will the last page of 15 say the end? Yes. I guess we will see. But yes, so you can pick this up at your local comic book store. I'm not sure if it is it on Marvel Digital and stuff. Uh, you can probably get it digitally, I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure you could. I don't really know how that works. That's more Rebecca's thing because Rebecca pretty much does nothing but digital now because she's in a small flat. Yeah, and, and uh, you can. Something I found out is she actually had almost her entire collection stolen in college. Oh, my God. So that's one of the reasons why she does digital now is because you can't steal something you own with a login. Who the hell would do that? That's just wrong. It's bad. Well, (laughs) that's that's awful. Uh, But you can pick up Iron Fist 1 at a local comic book store and possibly digitally as well. So, yeah. And next week we'll be covering uh, the show, Spoiler Review. So make sure you send us emails. Email us your reviews. Uh, don't email us full-fledged reviews. That'll take the whole show to read out, though. Because <laughs> yeah. someone I know did. And he's like, like, this might take the whole thing to work, the show to read. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe we'll just do some of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so don't keep it light. But just, yeah, just send us your thoughts, your reviews, whatever. And What you love, what you hate. Yeah. 
Um, like, yeah, just don't send, like, multiple pages of text. One page of text is good. It's fine. But, yeah, so until then, may your fists attempt to become, like, onto a thing of iron while you get drunk off a bottle of Jacks in Vietnam. While fending off hookers. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. Adios. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. Any musical images we use belong to their respective copyright holders. We do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, anything you want, really. It doesn't even have to be related to Iron Fist. If you don't want it read on the air, though, make sure you mention that. You can also find us on Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter at Iron Fist Podcast, our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon, uh, hyphens where the spaces are, our YouTube, Connor Carl, just search Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find us real quick. We are also on iTunes. If you find us there, give us a review and rate us. If it's less than five stars, please say why so we can improve the show. And we're on Podcast Garden in the literature section, and last but not least, head over to our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Artist Podcast.wordpress.com. That's where I put all the show notes. And I would like to thank Thomas Tissot for letting us use his Iron Fist theme song for the start of our show. And finally, thanks to you guys for listening.